Welcome to Red Pill Torah, calling believers from man's institutions to God's instructions. Hey, do me a favor. If you're thinking about grabbing a bite to eat, please wait about 15 minutes or so. I'm Tim. And I'm Miss. Dad, exactly what are we talking about today that would require us to wait to eat? Wait a minute, I remember. Today's topic is God's dietary instructions. Now, before you start getting offended, please just give us a listen. Now, this journey is going to be a real trip. Mm-hmm. Come along with us. Follow us at redpiltora.podbean.com. Find us on Facebook or Twitter. And now on Google Play. Please follow, like, and share our podcast. Help us share God's love. So, Dan, what's up with this food thing? Well, I'm wondering if I'm a little confused, and I'm hoping I didn't eat some bad pizza or something. I keep imagining that the Lord God made everything, you know, animals and people included. Mm -hmm. So he gave his people instructions regarding what they should and should not eat. In time, he sent his only son to pay the debt for people's sins. So after the debt was paid, people got the impression that we could pick and choose which instructions we wanted to follow. As if um, the son came to free us from bondage from his father. Yikes. There were some instances in which two instructions were given in the same chapter or even the same verse, and we tossed out the ones we didn't like. We even decided that the Creator sent His Son to die and rise again so that we'd be free to eat things that His Father said we shouldn't eat. So imagine that. He made us. He told us what we should and should not eat, and we disregarded His instructions as if they were, like, from some random guy or some random guy's opinion. And we even had the nerve to command God's blessing over all of the, quote, food that was on the table. Wow. Dad, I don't think that's bad pizza. That's the world we live in. And yes, it's weird that believers in Jesus, his Hebrew name Yeshua, would believe some of the Bible and disregard other parts of it. Hey, I agree, Mama. Let's go to a scripture that appears to be saying that we can eat anything. In Mark chapter 7, the Pharisees were challenging um, Jesus because his disciples ate without washing their hands. Now, the ritual of hand washing before eating was a tradition of the Pharisees and I would say a a pretty good hygienic practice, Mm -hmm. but it was not a commandment from God. That's right. Now, Jesus rebuked the Pharisees for equating their traditions to God's instructions. In rebuking them, he said that nothing going into a man can defile him, but the things that come out of a man, now those can defile him. That's right. There are several modern Bible translations that add the phrase, quote, this he said, making all meats clean, unquote, Mm -hmm. or something to that effect. Have you ever wondered why that phrase doesn't appear in your King James Version Bible? It's because the earliest manuscripts do not contain those words. Uh They were added to, quote, add meaning to the verse. I challenge you to compare Mark chapter 7, verse 19 in the King James Bible 
to the NIV, Amplified Bible, and American Standard Version. Those extra words are the invention of some man, not the words of our Savior. How do these extra words add meaning to what Jesus was saying? He was just using an analogy to express how the Pharisees were esteeming their traditions over God's instructions. So if we just go with the words that Jesus spoke, he um, explained exactly what he meant. Now, first, let's be clear. The disciples were not eating something that Scripture said was unclean. That concept was never a consideration or a thought when Jesus was speaking. Mm -hmm. Now, when Jesus spoke about what goes into one's mouth, the context was based on their definition of food, not ours today. In verse 19, Jesus explained that food doesn't go into the heart, but into the stomach and through the digestive system. The King James Version ends this description of the digestive process with the words, purging all meats. Now, that doesn't mean that digestion makes unclean meat clean, okay? That's right. It means that the digested food is eliminated from the body. In verse 21, he continued by saying that evil thoughts, adulteries, thefts, and other evil things come from the heart of man. These things defile a man. Remember, when the Bible discusses food, use the Bible definition of food. Everything we eat today is not food as the Bible defines it. And what, you may ask, is God's definition of food? Mm -hmm. We know from Genesis chapter 1, verse 29, what he defined as food for us from the plant world. Leviticus 11 outlines what animals are food for us. Remember, these are the manufacturer's instructions. Our Elohim is the creator, or our manufacturer, and we are his workmanship. Starting with verse 1, God said to Moses and Aaron, These are the creatures you can eat among all the land animals, any that have a split hoof and chew the cud. You are not to eat those that only chew the cud, like rabbits, or only have a split hoof, like pigs. Regarding water-based animals, we may eat the ones with fins and scales. Anything that does not have both fins and scales is not food, according to the Bible. The scriptures name several types of birds that are off the menu also, including swans, which have ducks as a relative, and bats. Insects like locusts, beetles, and grasshoppers are okay to eat if you want them, while other bugs are an abomination for you. And lastly, animals that have paws, like cats and dogs, and animals that creep, like weasels, mice, and tortoise, are not considered food for God's people. And why is that? Verse 44 says, For I am the Lord your God, and you will sanctify yourselves, and you will be set apart, because I am set apart. You know, Miss, after hearing your paraphrase of that chapter, a couple of things stand out to me. Really? Yeah, first, I noticed the detail that the Father gave in describing His creation. He engineered combinations of observable, physical characteristics that tell us if something should be eaten or not. He even gives us examples of animals 
with one characteristic, but not both. Like a pig having um, the cloven hooves, Mm -hmm. but not chewing the cud. It seems like he wants us to be certain about whether the animal is food for us or not. Second thing I notice is he doesn't give us a reason that is specific to each animal. We'll talk more about that in a few moments. He does say that these animals are shekets, which is a Jewish word or Hebrew word, rather, which translates into abominable or detestable or disgusting. Mm. Now, why would the creator call his creation good in Genesis chapter 1 and call some of his creation disgusting in Leviticus chapter 11? Well, I think I may know part of the answer. Okay. The difference is in the function of the animal. Our creator said that the animals, fish, and birds he designated as food for his set-apart people are good for food. He did not say that every animal bird and fish and bug was good for food true it's the same as if a parent told their toddler don't eat that dog food it is food but it's not food for your child that's right because the baby wouldn't understand the reasons for your instruction you tell them basically what they need to know now we know that animals that have cloven hooves and chew the cud have stomachs that remove the toxins and parasites in the food they eat So when we eat them, we're not plagued with those poisons. Compare that to the pig, for example, which has a multitude of toxins and parasites that are not removed or destroyed by cooking with high heat. Hmm. I get it, Mama. Some animals were made to clean up their environment, for example. Those animals are certainly good for that purpose, but disgusting for the purpose of consumption. Mm -hmm. You know, I saw footage of a dead whale in deep water. There were quite a few scavengers eating that dead whale, including some sharks and octopuses. I think they call that calamari or something like that. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, neither one of those is food for us, according to our Creator. It is nice to have the increased knowledge that the Bible said we would have in the last days, but I know you would agree on the main reason to eat the way the Bible outlines. The main reason to follow The Creator's dietary instructions is because the Creator said to do it. That's right. It still puzzles me to think that we, like many believers, used to hold our misunderstanding of Paul's writings in higher regard than the direct instructions of the Father. We see that uh, we see what appear to be contradictions, and we point to them and say, "Oh well." We're free from the bondage of God's instructions. I'm so glad to be free, free to choose to obey God's instructions, Mm -hmm. and free from the misunderstandings I used to believe. Amen, amen. Me too, Daddy. I agree, I, I agree, I do agree. And I encourage our listeners to read the entire chapter of Leviticus 11. Reading God's instructions for yourself will really bring home his love and concern for us. Now, you had mentioned misunderstandings. There is another scripture that is used to justify eating anything, as long as it's prayed over. 1 Timothy 4, verses 1 through 5, says that in the latter times, some will listen to doctrines of devils and other lies. They will instruct people not to marry and to stop eating meat. 
God made these meats to be eaten with thanksgiving by believers who know the truth. Some believers read this and think that the truth is they can now eat any meat they want, as long as they pray over it. You know, I think I can see where that idea might come from. Verse 4 says, Every creature of God is good and not to be refused if it's received with gratitude. Now, if you read just that verse without the context of the verses before it and after it, you can get the idea that Paul actually canceled God's dietary instructions. Wow. Now, the false doctrine in verse 3 teaches people not to eat meat at all. God has not commanded us to be vegetarians, you know. Mm-hmm. Now, verse 5 says that the meat forbidden by the false doctrine has been sanctified or set apart by the word of God and prayer. What misparaphrased from Leviticus 11 was the word of God that sanctifies or sets apart these meats as food. There is no scripture that sets apart crabs, clams, pigs, or buzzards, for example, as food. Now, let's read the scripture for what it says, not for what we may want it to say. Agreed. Peter's vision in Acts 10 is another scripture some believers use to justify eating anything they want. We'll deal with that a bit more in another podcast. For now, let's just urge our listeners to read God's interpretation of the vision he gave to Peter in Acts 10 verse 28. The message has nothing to do with food. Besides, if Jesus changed the dietary instructions, as some suggested happened in Mark 7, why didn't Peter just kill a pig and make a ham sandwich? Mm. He would have eaten unclean food if Jesus said it was okay, right? Sure he would have. Moreover, is there anywhere in Scripture where Jesus or Peter ate anything unclean? If you find it, please write us at redpilltorah at gmail.com. And by now, I hope you know how we roll here at Red Pill Torah. We always urge our listeners to follow God's instructions. For whatever reason, people get really touchy about being told what to eat or Mm -hmm. not eat. Now, I hope you don't feel that way. If so, please pray about it and consider your feelings on the matter. And while you're considering, consider the question, what would you do if the way you live your life and uh, the way you eat and some of your beliefs were out of line with God's instructions. Would you take the blue pill and get a pound of shrimp? Or would you take the red pill and follow God's instructions just because he said so? Only you can answer that question. In our community, so many people eat themselves into an early grave. We don't follow our physician's instructions, We don't want to listen to our own bodies telling us that we need to change. Let's not eat our way into a problem and be upset with God if we're not miraculously healed. Some of God's people perish for lack of knowledge, but in wisdom there is length of days. Let's apply ourselves to wisdom in all things, including what we eat. Well, that's it for today's podcast. Please go back and read over the scriptures we shared. In our next podcast, we'll have even more goodness 
from the living Word of God. Amen. Thanks for spending 15 minutes with us at Red Pelt Toro, where you can handle the truth. truth.